0: Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 22nd episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today I'm going to be going over a hand that I recently played in Los Angeles in a 1020 No Limit Hold'em cash game. And at the end of this podcast, I'm actually going to tell you how you can get a free hour-long webinar where I discuss the number one mistake that cash game players make. So... Make sure you listen to the end so you can get the link to that. So in this hand, the player from first position who has $3,100 raises to 60 The player in second position calls and is on me in the small blind with pocket fours. And the guy under the gun, I think, may be a tilty, tight, aggressive player. And... That makes me think that he may be a little bit too prone to overvalue stuff after the flop. Uh, usually when someone just loses a big hand or two, they're often a little bit less inclined to make big folds. Although it's, it's really tough to say because some players don't let tilt affect their play and some players let it really affect their play. The player in second position who has $6,000, he has me covered, I only have 5000 is a splashy guy who plays a lot of hands in various ways. So with pocket fours in the small blind, I think calling is the only play that makes a whole lot of sense. Really, I'm just trying to get a set. If I don't get a set, I'm going to be check folding after the flop. Even though I could easily have the best hand when it comes jack 6-2, if someone bets, I'm going to fold because my hand is not going to play well on the turn very often because usually an overcard is going to come. So I call, and I am purely set mining out of position with pocket fours. Flop comes ace-two-two, and I'm in check-fold mode, and it checks around, so that's fortunate. The turn is the beautiful four of diamonds, putting two diamonds on the board. So at this point, with a full house, effectively the nuts, I can either bet or I can check. This is one of those rare scenarios where I am a big fan of check-raising because it looks rather fishy. A lot of players would assume, well, so you have to think what does what do my opponents think I'm going to think they have if they bet. If they bet, they probably don't have an ace because they probably would have bet the ace on the flop. So if I check-raise the turn, especially if I check-raise it big, it's going to look a lot like I have some sort of a bluff or a semi-bluff with something like whatever, some some diamond hand, king king 7 of diamonds or something. So I think this is a really good spot to go for a big check raise. I think you may level a tilty player into calling with something like pocket kings or maybe ace five that he decided to play in this manner. Uh, I, I don't think it's very likely either the players have a two. I think if they, someone had a two, they should certainly bet the flop because it's really easy for someone else to have an ace. So I'm going for the check raise. I, I don't. Ex- you have to realize that if someone does not bet, that means that no one has anything anyways, so you're not going to get much action. If someone bets though, it gives you the opportunity to win a gigantic pot. And if I lead into my opponents, I'm not going to win a gigantic pot anyways, because I'm just going to bet 130 on the turn and then 300 on the river. And that's not that big of a success. Whereas if I check, someone bets and I check raise fairly large, now all of a sudden I'm playing a gigantic pot. So this is a spot where I recognize I'm either going to win nothing, very little, or a lot. And I'm giving, I'm doing, I'd rather do that in exchange for winning a medium amount a little bit more often. So I'm going to go for the check raise. I check the tilty guy bets 120, which is perfect. And I do make that big check raise to 500. And like I said, I'm doing this because I want to look like I'm trying to bluff my opponent. And in my eyes, my opponent should not have an ace that often. Of course we said he's tilty, so who knows what he's doing, but I don't think he has an ace. Or I, I, I would not expect him to have an ace, but he could have an ace because he could be on tilt and just may not be playing well. And if he has an ace, I don't think he's ever really folding to this plus any reasonable river bet because I think a lot of players will recognize that I probably would have either bet the flop or the turn with a two, although, of course, that probably is not a great play. And also, I could just have a diamond draw. I think that's super easy for me to have. I probably would play the diamond draw in a similar way trying to represent that I have some random two. And the river's a four, so (laughs) that's good. There are four fours on the board, and the flush draw did not come in. So this is about the most perfect situation I could hope for because the flush draw missed. If my opponent had an ace, it's probably still good. It's now way less likely that I had pocket fours, although I do. It's fairly unlikely that that I have a two. So it looks like I should have all bluffs. So this is fantastic. It's about the best thing I could hope for. Of course, I could have ace two. I suppose that makes some sense. But, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of hard for me to have anything. It's always great when you have the nuts, and it's hard, very, very difficult for you to have anything good at all. So, given that I should not have anything, how much should I bet? And I think the answer is humongous. <laughs> that may be sound abnormal to most players, because usually whenever you have quads, it's really hard for your opponent to have anything. But in this scenario, I think my opponent could conceivably have an ace, and I think he may call a very big bet with an ace. He... Also, could just have something like Pocket Kings and decide to hero call me because he may be on tilt. So all that stuff combined makes me think this is a fantastic spot to go for a big bet. And when I mean big, I mean $2,500 into the $1,200 pot. I think that's going to look super bluffy, and I think we're going to get called by an ace or better most of the time. So I do bet $2,300. So my opponent only had $2,500 behind, And this was probably some sort of a leveling thing. You know, I'm leaving him enough money to get his cab ride home, (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, I I found that a lot of people do not like calling all-ins for whatever reason, but they're much more inclined to call slightly less than all-in. And that's sort of a read I make based on my opponent. If I think he's a more recreational player, I think more recreational players are much more inclined to call less than all-in bets that are still big. But professionals are more inclined to just call any big bet. They view most of the big bets as relatively similar. So obviously I'd rather get that extra $240 by shoving. But if I can make my opponent almost, if I can almost guarantee my opponent calls by betting slightly less than all in, I'm more than happy to do that. I mean, basically I'm giving up $240 to maybe increase my, or decrease my fold equity a pretty big amount. Uh, By the same note, if I was bluffing, I probably would have went all in. But, of course, my opponent doesn't know that, and now I'm going to have to change my game because now all of you know that. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I bet 2300 and my opponent thought forever, and then he called. And, of course, I won because I had the nuts. And after the hand, he was sort of beating himself up, like, oh, man, what a terrible call, what a terrible call. And that kind of made me think that he did not have an ace. Obviously, I don't know what he had. But I think he probably had something like kings or queens or jacks or something like that, and decided just to find a hero call because he was on tilt, and because he didn't think I had anything. Um, Obviously, I I don't know what he had, but that was sort of my read after the hand that he was really unhappy with himself because he was really like beating himself up for the call. And I mean, I think he either had a bad ace or worse. And if that was the case, obviously my line was super good. And of course, if he did have a good hand, like say he raised with, I don't know. King two, something inconceivable under the gun. <laughs> if he happened to raise with king two under the gun, obviously we got full maximum value because he was probably gonna only call whatever I bet on the river anyways. So we got full value. So we ended up either getting full value out of some marginal hand or the nuts, which we, we wanted to get full value out of anyways. So this is an example of a spot where you really wanna be betting a strong hand hard. There are certainly many examples where you should not be betting your quads very hard but there are also times where you should. This sort of illustrates that there are not scenarios in poker where you can have really clearly defined rules. A lot of people think, oh, I have quads, so I should be betting small to try to get value, and that's what they do in every scenario. And that's a really big disaster. Um, And other players think I always need to be, be betting big with quads to get full value, but often that's not right either because it's really hard for your opponent to have anything. However, that is not the biggest mistake the cash game players make. If you want to get the free hour-long webinar where I discuss the number one mistake the cash game players make, go to jonathanlittlepoker.com slash mistake, and that will take you right there. Super easy. So go, go to that website, and you'll get the webinar for free. And I, I think it'll be enlightening to some of you guys. Of course... If you're already a really really good cash game player and you are playing twenty five fifty no limit, you're probably not going to find it too enlightening. But if you're playing one two or one three or two five or five ten, I think it'll at least be helpful. So jonathanlowpoker. slash mistake. Check that out, and uh, thank you very much for watching. I will see you guys next week.